0: Welcome, fellow beer connoisseur, to Beer Tasters, a podcast dedicated to the enjoyment of one of life's true pleasures beer. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker.
1: And I'm Nikki Starwalker.
0: Today, we'll tell you about a couple of delightful beers that you've got to try. Cheers! Cheers. Hello, beer taster. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to episode five and welcome to the show, Nikki.
1: Thank you. I am so excited to talk about this beer. I really like it.
0: Okay. I'm excited to talk about my beer as well. And I get to go first today.
1: Yes, you do. Please tell us about your beer.
0: So my beer that I am drinking today is a delightful beer by Dogfish Head Brewery which is somewhere in Delaware. I don't remember the town. Do you know, Nikki?
1: No, I don't. I wish I could jump in here.
0: That's all right. Somewhere in Delaware. I mean, Delaware (laughs) is not that big, right? You'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, this beer is called Midas Touch. And the Dogfish Head Brewery opened in 1995, which is the year I graduated from high school, ironically, not to date myself too much. Oh, wow. But the recipe that they used for this beer was discovered in a 2,700-year-old tomb in Turkey. And I'm just going to refer to the website, which I will have linked in the show notes. I will also have a really cool video in the show notes about this beer that you can check out. This sweet yet dry beer is made with ingredients found in a 2700 year old drinking vessels from the tomb of king midas somewhere between wine and mead midas will please the chardonnay and beer drinker alike for years dogfish head has worked with biomolecular archaeologist dr patrick mcgovern to bring ancient ales to life for more on Midas Touch and the experience of Penn Museum excavators as they uncovered the tomb of the legendary King Midas, you can read an essay from Dr. Pat that they have linked on the webpage that I'll have in the show notes. And Midas Touch is available year round from Dogfish Head. It's available in quite a few states, including Indiana. And some more about this beer is it has barley, honey, and grapes are the main ingredients used to make, make it other than mm, water. Yummy. It's 9% alcohol by volume. And something interesting about the recipe other than its age is that this beer is from before hops were domesticated. So it is actually using saffron as the bittering agent instead of hops. And saffron is ridiculously expensive. <laughs> yes. So I guess that might explain why why this beer is a little bit more expensive than some of the craft beers I drink.
1: Uh.
0: Uh, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, it's a very sweet and uh, slightly malty beer. And uh, his name's Sam, right? Yes. He says in the video, which I'll I'll embed in the show notes that uh, this beer will appeal to people who like white wine and lagers um, because of its its sweet taste. And it is also Dogfish Head's most highly rewarded beer, which is saying quite a lot. They have a lot of beer that that have won a lot of awards. And here, I'm going to take another sip of it and tell you my experience of it.
1: Okay, do that. That history is so neat. I love hearing about that. So what did you think?
0: It's kind of a, a golden color. It's really good. It's it's very sweet. I do get the the honey flavor in it. I also get the grape flavor in it, kind of like a like a white grape flavor. It's very delicious, very smooth. You cannot tell that this is nine percent alcohol when you drink it. It's really good. You wanna come try it, Nikki? Sure. It's also fairly carbonated. It's pretty spritzy on your tongue. It's not as highly carbonated as a Hefeweizen or or a Triple, but it's, it's pretty carbonated. So what do you think, Nikki?
1: Oh, it's delicious. You can definitely smell the fruitiness on the uh, aroma. And I actually get grapes when I smell it. Yeah. It's, yeah, the white grapes. You yeah. can totally smell it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's delicious and spicy.
0: It's not a very foamy beer. Um, when I poured it, I mean, it doesn't have much head on it at all, uh, which is not, that's not a bad thing. I'm just describing the beer because different different types of beer have different amounts of, of head and different amounts of head are good for different types of beer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would want this to have a head on it really. It's just really good. This is probably, it's definitely in my top five favorite beers. It might even be in my top three. It's really good. And it's nice because you can find it. Um, It is a little expensive. I think I paid 14 something for a four pack here in Indiana. So if you're lucky and you're in like Seattle, it's probably actually a little cheaper than that, but somewhere around there. But it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. And chances are good if you go to your local liquor store or wherever you know you go to get quality beers that they will have this because it is um it is widely available and it you know like i said it's it's the beer that dogfish head has that's won the most awards now my favorite beer of all time is also a dogfish head beer and it's called bira etrusca it's also like an ancient ale and that one, they use bronze in the vessel that affects the flavor. And I'm trying to remember, did they use hops in that or was it something else in that? It was some kind of herbal, some kind of herb that they used for the bittering agent in that. I don't remember now what it was.
1: Yeah, I don't recall either. We'll have to get our hands on it so we can try it for the show.
0: Yeah, and that that is my favorite beer, but it's really hard to find. And in fact, I haven't found a liquor store around here that carries it. Of course, this is Indiana, so it's not a huge surprise. Um, hopefully, if you're in a more civilized place uh, that's more uh, finely tuned to the craft beer world, you might have a better chance of finding it. Right. Although now that I think about it, maybe it's a seasonal beer for them. We had it in the summer. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's available year-round or not. But definitely uh, check out uh, Midas Touch by by Dogfish Head. And my friend Jim that I talked about on a previous episode, he has family in Delaware. He's over in Pittsburgh. And so I don't know if he's actually been to the Dogfish Head Brewery before or not, but I know he's had quite a few of their beers. So Jim, this is definitely one to try. Might as touch. For sure. So Nikki, you want to tell us about what you're drinking over there?
1: Sure. I am drinking a Bell's Winter White Ale. And it's a wit beer, which you told me a little bit about. And you Mm -hmm. said that it's probably pronounced vit, vit, I believe so, but okay.
0: Belgi- Belgian is not my, my strong point, so
1: no, I could be but wrong. <laughs> isn't it German? And you do know a little bit of German, don't you, Lex?
0: Yes, but um, I mean, that's a Belgian style, so okay. I'm, I'm sure it's the Belgian pronunciation.
1: Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Well, um, it is considered, the style is considered ancient and it is a really good beer. It's yellow in color It's slightly murky, just very slightly, and it's only about 5% ABV, so that's not too heavy and it's lighter than yours.
0: Yeah, quite a bit lighter actually.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And their winter white ale is of course seasonal, so I got it um, for the first time in a restaurant near where we live and they served it on tap and I just fell in love with it. And they ferment this beer with a Belgium ale yeast, which won't come as a surprise since it is a wit beer.
0: Yes, but I'm glad that they do. You'd you'd be surprised how many American beers will claim to be a European style and yet will use some American yeast strain instead of the authentic yeast. So (laughs) you cannot take that for granted and and it's always good when they're using the right yeast (laughs)
1: because
0: that's very important.
1: That's a good point, yeah. It's Wonderful Bells is out in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yep. They've used barley and wheat malts, and so when I smell it, I believe the aroma is mostly from these malts because the smell is clove, I get some fruitiness. The clove is slight, though, and I found out that no spices were used when they actually made this beer, but it is a spicy ale. When I taste it, that's the first thing that I think is spice.
0: Well the clove taste is probably coming from the yeast. Okay. There are two types of molecules that the yeast put out for flavor and I remember this when I was researching Hefeweizens because Hefeweizens have a banana and a clove right. uh, flavor to them mm-hmm. and I think it's it's definitely phenols and aromatics. Okay. I think, and and I could be wrong, but I think the banana is a phenol, or I mean, an aromatic, and the clove is a phenol, but those are actually released by the yeast. So that's that that Belgian yeast that's giving you that that spicy taste.
1: Ah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of spice, but um, it's very well balanced. This beer, in my opinion, and it's refreshing, and it's very drinkable. So I highly recommend it, and I think that if you love Pilsners or if you're just being introduced to beer, um, this is one to try. Would you like to try a Siplex? Sure. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I have to apologize. I'm a little rusty on my organic chemistry, and I think I actually sold my organic chemistry book, which makes me sad because if I had it, I could go and review aromatics and phenols and oh well.
1: That's all right. What did you think about the beer, Lex?
0: That's pretty good. It's actually... (laughs) And I'll probably offend somebody saying this, but it tastes almost like a light Hefeweizen. Like I'm getting that same kind of banana and clove flavor that I get with a good Hefeweizen, but it's much more subtle. Yes. Um, and it's more, I don't know, You're you're tasting a little bit more of the malt and you're tasting a little bit more just like carbonation, mm-hmm. but it's good. And and yeah, definitely that's a good one to try. If you're new to craft beers and you drink things like, I don't know, like Budweiser or Coors or whatever, which are quote unquote Pilsners, um, which I'm sure is offensive to makers of real Pilsners, but that's <laughs> what they're marketed as. So this this is similar to a Pilsner, except this does have wheat in it. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone like my friend Jim again, who doesn't tend to care for wheat beers, it's probably isn't for you because you can you can definitely taste that wheat taste in in the malt flavor. Yes, um, but definitely it's it's a good a good beer to try. And and the one I talked about Midas Touch is also a good beer to try if you're used to more mainstream beer and you want to branch out. Um, Nicky's is a little bit safer. There's not going to be anything like that's going to rock your world in that or you know it's just going to be a little different um the midas touch is a little bit more exotic and out there and you're going to be tasting flavors you've never tasted in a beer before Yes. Um, well, actually, Nikki, with yours, you're going to taste flavors you you never tasted before, but it's a little more subtle.
1: Right. Yeah. And well-balanced. But yes. I just love that balance between the yeast and, like you said, the wheat. I'm not a huge wheat beer drinker, right. but here, it's just so, it nicely mixes in and it doesn't overpower anything. And your beer is part of the ancient ale lineup, like you mentioned. Yes. So they were very adventurous with their ingredients, which I, I love about Dogfish Head.
0: Right. And in that video that I'll embed in the show notes Sam talks about how you know this is way way before you know those crazy Bavarians with their Reinheitsgebot rules of this is what you can put in beer and nothing else <laughs> and back then people just used what they had nearby and what worked you know right and you know he was talking about the saffron and how it actually adds to the color of the beer and this beer just has this beautiful golden color that has like a hints of red in it from the saffron. And you know, you're just not gonna get a color like that from the four ingredients necessarily. Yeah. So I'm a paradox because at this on one hand, I love German beers and there are all these these amazing German beers that follow the Heights and only have the four ingredients, and they're awesome, and it's amazing what you can do with just four ingredients. And and I have tasted some what I would call failed experiments <laughs> by breweries that have tried putting some crazy things in their beers. But I've also tasted some things like the Midas Touch and the Bira Etrusca. And I recently had a beer by, oh God, who was it? Cigar City Brewery. Okay. And New Belgium. It was a collaboration that had like chilies in it.
1: It oh, wow. was
0: actually pretty good. Now, I've had other beers that had various kinds of hot peppers in it that were pretty awful. So, you know, there's just so much out there. And that's kind of like the running theme of this podcast is that there's just so much out there. There's so many different things to try. And you're not going to love it all, but you're going to find some amazing things that you're going to... It's like me with the beer at Etrusca. I'm like, how did I survive you know, 30 plus years of life on this planet without ever knowing this even existed.
1: I've missed so much. Right?
0: (laughs) So much life I have not lived yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aw, you have some catching up to do.
0: Yes, I do. It's too bad that there's only so many beers you can drink in a day without, you know, getting in trouble. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nikki, is there anything else you wanted to say about your beer?
1: No, I think that was about it.
0: So both of these beers we're talking about today are are good for a new a new person into the into the hobby. Um, Nikki's is a little bit safer, mm-hmm. so maybe you start with hers first, and then maybe try mine if, if you feel uh, adventuresome.
1: Yeah, if you're trying, if you're looking for something that is a little bit lighter in color and it's just refreshing and crisp and might give you a little bit of adventure in the way that it's a tiny bit spicy, then definitely try the winter white.
0: Yes. And, and Nikki and I both kind of believe, you know, when we hear someone say, oh, I don't like beer, that that person just hasn't had the right beer yet. And the Midas Touch is a beer I might suggest... To someone that said that, depending on, you know, I I would always want to investigate and see what kind of things they do like to try to figure out what would be a good thing to suggest. But this is a beer that does not taste hardly anything like, you know, the standard mainstream beer that you'd have here in the United States. You know, someone who has had the big three and it just wasn't for them uh, might really like this. These are both good entry-level beers. You know, when you start getting into, like, IPAs, those are more of an acquired taste for most people, I think, because the bitterness is so strong that for someone that's just now trying beer, I would not hand them, like, a double IPA, right, <laughs> you know, yeah. because they probably won't like it. It takes a while to your for your palate to get to the point where you'd like that kind of thing. Like, like me, when I first started getting into beer... I had maybe two IPAs I liked. I liked the Georgetown Lucille and I liked the Stone IPA and like Torpedo. And that was like it. Yeah. (laughs) Because those were the more aromatic IPAs. They weren't super bitter. But now that I've been drinking beer longer, there are more and more IPAs that I, that I like. So okay, so yeah, you get used to that bitterness and, and you start to notice more subtleties in the flavors and, and appreciate different things. But that's the amazing thing to me about this is it's so much personal taste, right? Because right. like the beer Etrusca, you and I both love it, but there's probably people that taste that and they're like, oh my God, that's awful, you know? <laughs>
1: I can't imagine, but I'm sure that's possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, or like Midas Touch, you know, I really like it. You really like it. But for some people, it might be too sweet. Some people don't like sweet beers. You know, some people just right. like super bitter beers or, or whatever. Sure. So.
1: In my opinion, it depends on the day
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
1: It's so true. Like some days I just want something like what I'm drinking right now, where it's just going to remind me of a crisp winter day and it's easy to drink. It's not too crazy. And other days I just want to sit and reflect on my beer and, you know, really sip it and take my time with it. And that's when your Midas touch would come in handy.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Speaking of days, this is completely unscheduled, unplanned, but I think it's appropriate on a beer podcast. Today is a very important day. This is December 5th, 2014, when we're recording this, and something very important and awesome and momentous happened today, right, Nikki?
1: Oh my, I feel terrible. I don't know what this day is. Yes, you
0: do, you just forgot, because okay. we, we watched it together. Um, NASA's Orion spacecraft took a test flight today, went up into orbit, it went um, farther away from the surface of Earth than any human spacecraft has in like 40 years or something. That's right. And they tested a bunch of things. They tested the launch vehicle and re-entry and the heat shield and it splashed down in the ocean safely. It was it was an unmanned test. But this is the, the replacement for the, the space shuttle. This is a spacecraft that we're going to be one day sending to Mars and probably the moon and various asteroids. And so it's an important day. So Nikki, we should drink a toast to okay. the Orion spacecraft. May it have a, a brilliant and safe future. <laughs>
1: Yes, and may it bring us into a new time for humanity where we're exploring space more and we go to Mars and possibly even have a space station out there someday. It'll be so yeah. exciting.
0: Yeah, exciting times. All right, well, that is going to wrap up the fifth episode of Beer tasters. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at BeertastersPodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Google Plus, just search for Lex Starwalker. You can follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker.
1: And you can also follow him on Untapped, right, Lex?
0: Yes, actually, we're both on Untapped. So if you're using the Untapped app, you can just search for Lex Starwalker or Nikki Starwalker, I believe, and feel free to friend us and you can see what we're drinking and toast us and we can see what you're drinking and toast you and be good times.
1: Definitely. And I often like to note on there what I'll be drinking for beer tasters. So you might get a little forewarning on there of what's coming. Yeah. (laughs) And you can follow me on Twitter as well at Nikki Starwalker.
0: And please visit our website, It's at starwalkerstudios.com slash beer tasters. We're also now on Joyride, which is a newly launched podcast platform that is available on your PC and your Mac and your Android phone. And uh, you can view the website is compatible with your Apple phone and they're going to have an Apple iPhone app out in January, I believe. It's also going to be on the Apple and Android car apps that are coming out in January 2015. So you can find beer tasters there at getjoyride.com slash beer tasters. And if you enjoy the show and you'd like to see it keep going and, and you'd like to, to see us do more with the show in the future, you can actually become a supporter at Get Joy Ride and donate uh, some money to us every month to keep the show going. We also have a, a donate button on our website if you'd just rather make a one-time donation. There are a lot of things that we would like to do with this show that unfortunately will we'll take some money and some equipment that we don't have right now but one thing that we would really love to do in the future is actually travel to different breweries and talk to the actual brewmasters and interview them for the show and talk about their craft. Wouldn't that be awesome, Nikki?
1: That would be fun. And Bell's actually gives tours up in Michigan. So yeah. that would be doable.
0: And and I'm sure Dogfish Head does too. A lot of the craft breweries give tours. And I'm sure that uh, if we let them know that we're a couple beer podcasters and we'd like to interview them, I'm sure they'd be down. Uh, Another great way that you can support our show is to head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and or review. And that will really help new people find the show. So we like to end the show with our Beer Tasters Challenge. So this week, try something new. Try a beer you've never tried before. If you're feeling especially adventurous, try a style you've never tried before. Until next time, I'm Lex Starwalker.
1: And I'm Nikki Starwalker.
0: Enjoy life.
1: And enjoy your beer. Cheers. Cheers.
0: This episode's music provided by Kevin McLeod. Please see the show notes for more details at starwalkerstudios.com slash beer tasters.